Uh, Marcus Chan, uh, thank you for joining us. We'll just dive right in. I'll let you give a little introduction about yourself, about your many roles and uh, all the companies you worked with uh, recently, uh, the teams that you currently manage. Uh, you've been in the remote working space for quite a while. So I'd like to learn a little bit about uh, that, dive into what a typical work, typical work day, if there's uh, such thing, if that looks like for you. And yeah, just uh, roll from there. Yeah, absolutely. So Tanya, thank you so much for having me on. So I'm Marcus Chan, founder of Venly Consulting Group. It's a business I've been running now for about 19 months now in which we help B2B sales professionals sell and earn more all across the world. So it's been uh, absolutely fantastic. A lot of fun uh, doing that. Now, before this, I was in corporate America for uh, over 14 years, starting outside B2B sales to eventually leading many, many teams, getting promoted many, many times to leading teams that are over 100 plus employees that are spread all around. So uh, leading remote teams uh, was not something new to me even before uh, COVID hit. It was something I had, I was forced to learn how to do very effectively and quickly in order to get results. And it's been really cool to be able to take these things I've learned there to apply to even my own business once COVID hit. So for when COVID hit, it really had zero impact in terms of leading people because I already put things in place that allow me to lead remote teams successfully. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So um, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit to when you you first started with a few of the businesses and you mentioned in a few different places that your business or your success was fueled by a little luck, a lot of hustle and plenty of mistakes. So um, you right. don't often dive into those. Uh, people kind of you know put them on the side, but I want to know maybe one or two of those really big mistakes that were very pivotal for you and kind of what what made you turn into or what helped you develop into the leader you are today yeah so i think one of the, the big mistakes i made especially early on um leading people was uh, i believe everyone was wired the same way i was wired and that was just a huge mistake you know because everyone just thinks different everyone's got different personalities everyone's got different strengths everyone's got different weaknesses and i really didn't understand that so you know, I realized pretty quickly, you know, if I had a remote employee, if I said, hey, you know, uh, please do this. And if it didn't get done properly, at first I'll get really upset. But what I realized though is I had really had to look in the mirror. Like, did I provide the right proper training for them? Did I give them the right resources? Did I, did I give them the right, you know, tools to be successful? Did I coach and guide them as they were executing the task? And I realized early on, especially when leading remote, remote teams, Oftentimes, if they're struggling, it wasn't necessarily because of them, because assuming it was the right person I hired, oftentimes it fell upon me for not effectively leading them or providing assistance in place or coaching or training or feedback to help them be successful. So when they were out there, they felt like they were on an island mm -hmm. and they had no one to help with. Um, and that also goes into even uh, learning how to create an environment of openness where people can come to you and ask questions that they don't know how to do something. And that's so vital where some leaders act so busy or they're too high and mighty that they're not they're not willing and open to you know get in the trenches with their team and uncover what the root issues are, the problems, and help solve them. And that's so key. And that's really really a big piece. Um, also, another big mistake I made early on was I didn't trust enough. Uh, going from an individual contributor to leading teams, I struggled with that balance because I do I I could trust myself to get something done. 
and I wasn't open to trusting other people. So that was definitely something early on I learned. Hey, when you're leading remote people, you're not there 24-7. You're not over their shoulder. You need to learn how to trust them, but not just entrust them, but also empower them to be successful in whatever they are doing. So if you were asked them to do certain things, roles, responsibilities, allowing them the framework to be successful, but on top of that, empower them to be able to tweak and adjust and make things better. And when you create that environment for them, that allows them to truly thrive and on top of that, then they'll actually put forth discretionary effort to actually help with the team's results and the company's results. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's so important also like getting that feedback from them. And when you switch to the remote environment, a lot of leaders, they don't even know like how to collect that feedback or how often to check in, you know, and see what's going on. But then you switch to remote and everything becomes a little bit watery. And even though it's been, you know, one month or one month, one year or more that people are working in the remote space, if they haven't worked in the space prior to that, they're still figuring out and learning it. It's not something that just comes overnight. And it, you know, you face those challenges and you work through them and little by little, you, um, you learn with your team. And I think as, as a leader, you need to, um, it's important to do that, to be vulnerable, to let them know that you are learning and and going along just as much as they are too. So that's right. Exactly right. So, um, So yeah, I want to kind of even even go further back. Um, you mentioned or you quoted yourself saying that you used to be the worst sales rep, or when you entered sort of that space, you were the worst sales rep, and then you had to you know work through maybe imposter syndrome or um, sometimes oh, yeah. you know we we set ourselves up for failure. We have this fear of failure, but we also have fear of success. So um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, and if you can you know differentiate the two for people that maybe they're not familiar with those terms, and then. Uh, a time that you felt that fear of success and how that kind of held you back and what you did to overcome it. Yeah. So, um, you know, first off, the fear of failure is something that was very, very real, especially growing up, just fearing, you know, fearing not having enough money, not being successful, not doing a good job, not having good image, not having a reputation. Uh, even when I was starting outside sales, you know, reaching out, I felt like I was bothering people. And that was really hard early on just to overcome that fear of failure. But once you learn how to overcome that fear of failure, or I would say not overcome it, but continue to push through it, because it probably never really goes away. I mean, it still drives me even today. Like, I don't want to fail. I want to do a good job. I want to show up like for my clients, for everyone else. But uh, it's something that's always ongoing. So that's, that's one piece. But what happens is, as you start to achieve success, uh, any type of success, I believe everyone has... Oh, hold on. That's weird. I believe everyone has some sort of, you know, uh, self-concept in terms of what they believe they can, you know, really accomplish. And whether it's, say, for example, maybe it's, say, it's maybe it's income, okay? Maybe it's income that they're, you know, they're thinking about and they're thinking to themselves, okay, you know what? Uh, I believe I can earn X amount of dollars, $50,000, $80,000. And once they hit that, once they hit that realm, they're like, whew, I did it. And at that point, they have a decision to make. And for most people, once they hit that, that what they expect themselves, they usually pull, pull their foot off the gas yeah. because they're a little bit scared to go beyond that. Because at that point, they could have more success, fear of failure. There's a little more fear of loss. Mm-hmm. Like, what if I do get to say ninety thousand, a hundred thousand, but I can't keep it up? You know, who knows? So what happens is. Um, you know, as you learn how to start increasing your self-expectation, you start performing at a higher level. And I have found one of the best ways to overcome that fear of success is to actually hang with people who are doing way more than you. Mm-hmm. And the really cool part is when you're hanging with people that are, say, for example, income is a really easy one in terms of a number. 
if you hang with people that are all making $200,000 a year, suddenly, even if you hit your own self-concept of 60, 80, $100,000, you're like, I could do more. Mm -hmm. I believe it. And you start believing it because of who you're hanging around. And that's so important. Um, this is across the board. And this is across anything from sports to life, or whatever, whether if you want to be in really good physical shape, maybe you want to lower your body fat to a certain percentage and you, you hit that, but you know, you can do more because you know it's gonna be hard to get there but then you hang out the circle of friends in which they're in like they're, i don't know they're bodybuilders <laughs> right then you also like wow you know i should also uh you know i should up my game too so that's so yeah. vital <laughs> for sure yeah um and again that's so important in the the virtual space you know we're all we're all here alone in our you know our four walls if we're not going to a co-working or that sort of thing so it's really important to build that community and have that connection of people that are there to support you and they're you know your cheerleaders in that corner to to let you know that you you are capable of doing it so uh so yeah super important uh, and especially especially now more than ever so yeah um, so then just leading into imposter syndrome, because you have a lot of people, you know, when um, when coronavirus hit or the, when COVID hit and everybody's forced to work from home, people were taking on new roles, jumping into maybe management positions for the first time working remotely. Um, a lot of them, I've, I've heard them express that they had this imposter syndrome and, you know, you're trying to show up every day, but yet you, drill, you really don't believe in yourself. So how do yeah. you, as a leader in the remote space, you know, appear to your team or, or do you, you know, you don't want to put an act, you appear to your team that you are, L, you know, I don't even know how to phrase the question, but you know what I mean? You're able to perform the role and support them and lead them. But yet there's things that you're working through too. How do you kind of navigate that? Yeah. yeah. And this is where there's such a tricky balance, but I believe there's a lot of power in vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, and it's not, you know, just calling up, you know, people on your team and complaining to them about how awful you're or whatever it's going to be but it's really being able to open and show exposure to what life really and you can do this in in so many different ways so for example like um you know if you are on a zoom call and you know and if you, if you have kids and suddenly your kids burst into the room which has happened many times in many zoom calls you just let it happen yeah right you just don't make it a big deal like, don't act all embarrassed like oh you know sorry guys you know you, you know how it goes everyone can relate they connect with that right or if you have a dog or starts barking or an ambulance drives by you or everyone can relate mm -hmm. they get that you know so i think it's the first part being you know, being just openly sharing those type of things um it's also you know it's like you know it's okay to make you know to to joke around with it too and, and let them let them feel comfortable it's mm -hmm. so key for them you know that they feel really really comfortable you know, and by making having, having having a fun joking environment where you're making jokes about, you know, um, it's, it's overdone now, but it's like, yes, I am wearing pants right now for our Zoom meeting. You know, like, I mean, you know, whatever it's going to be, but just break it up with levity. And then I'll say the third thing is, is don't be afraid to share stories of vulnerability when the timing is right. And what I mean by that is, let's say, for example, uh, you know, I think back to, um, you know, actually even Monday. Monday was a great example. So on Monday, like I had the perfect day planned out, right? Perfect day. I had always, I always going to get done, always meetings. It's going to be an awesome month, really strong. And our dandy calls in sick. Well, suddenly that throws everything off. So my wife and I are scrambling, right? We're scrambling trying to figure stuff out. Like, you know, we're half focused in our meetings, right? And we just shared that with our teams. Mm -hmm. We let them know, hey, this is what happened today. Yeah. Yep, I get it. And and they get it because they know, you know, that, you know, 
you or me, we're not Miss Perfect or Mr. Perfect, that we're human as well. Mm -hmm. And being able to share these type of stories is right, is incredibly powerful. You know, and I've seen that too, where uh, maybe if you are having a and they are really struggling with it too. That's okay to let them just tell you about it and you share your own struggles as well. Like mm -hmm. Nobody is perfect. Everyone's trying to figure this all out, right? Yes, mm -hmm. places are starting to open up, but it's still this weird hybrid that's happening. So at the end of the day, what I've learned, especially even as a kid growing up, you always think your parents have it all together, but you realize pretty quickly mm -hmm. that they're just trying to figure it out every single day, just like we are right now. Yeah, so true. So then with them, I mean, working in the remote space, you know, you have things that come in throughout the day. Um, but normally, if there's not all those interruptions, what is a, you know, like a non-negotiable routine that you start your day with and you end your day with in an ideal world? Totally. <laughs> so I always, um, the morning is always for me in terms of like early morning. I do like to wake up early. I'm one of those people that likes to have a nice morning routine with working out, affirmation, stuff like that. That just makes, makes me feel really good. Yeah. Because once I know once the day starts, it can go to, you know, you know what? So I'm like, okay, so once I get my routine done, uh, you know, I pretty much, uh, once my kiddos hand off to the nanny, you know, usually the first, uh, first hour, uh, I'm checking on my team. So mm -hmm. I'm going in aside from like Mondays, we have a team meeting and one-on-ones with, with uh, each member. But for, first I'm checking Slack. I'm just making sure everyone's, everyone's, you know, in a good spot, make sure we, we cover anything, make sure they're totally good, good for the day. And then from there, I actually go and I start reviewing all our metrics and numbers. So making sure I review all the financials and numbers, make sure all the data to make any change on the spot for the day, for the week, et cetera. So I check everything, all the numbers, make sure we're totally good from there. There, it's whatever, however the day is going to pan out. So usually I'll have different meetings. So maybe it's, it's something like this, uh, or I'll have strategy calls, or I'll have client calls, uh, or I'll have blocks of time built out where I'm going to be focused on maybe creating some content or writing content or doing work for the business uh, or whatever it's going to be. So it, it is pretty much well planned out because this allows me to create really good boundaries. Um, so that way, you know, once my nanny takes off, I can take over, hang out the kiddo, make dinner be present time and dinner time and do all those things because that's so key where i find it can be hard for many people in the uh in this this 24 7 world we have to always be connected and my team knows um hey you know what boom like when my slack is green or when my slack's available that's when i'm on right if it's off it's actually my thing so if you if you message me I'm probably not going to respond until later. If it's a really emergency, because they're all they're all international, I'm like Facebook messaging me. What's what's happening? Do do do, do some other channel. They yeah. know that I've created about better intentionally because this allows to have a really good balance for me. But also on top of that, I respect their time as well because I'm not going to be messaging them late night messages, asking them to do all these things either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, with the teams that are distributed across the globe, that's it, it's super important because we just assume, you know, oh, everybody's available because I'm working, but you have to, right. you know, stretch your mind a little bit and go and think, no, no, I mean, I've got 10 employees all across, I can't be just messaging and expecting a response. So we have to that's retrain right. ourselves almost to, uh, to, yeah, to adopt different habits and approach situations in different ways. And sometimes we get it right. And sometimes it's <laughs> we get it wrong, too. But little by little. Yeah, that's right. So, and it's key, it's key to know their boundaries, too, yeah. because, you know, if you are like if, if you're primarily, you know, doing via Slack and they have set hours in there mm -hmm. and now you're like just at late hours, just like, hey, where's report? You know, like Facebook, WhatsApp them, whatever. They're like, what is wrong with you? They're going to hate their <laughs> life, too. Right. So 
um, under, understand what their boundaries are. So that way you can also communicate with them find the most effective. And sometimes it's maybe it's Slack, maybe it's WhatsApp, maybe it's a Zoom call, maybe it's a phone call via, you know, whatever platform, cover what's going to be the back as well, because that, that helps you lead them more effectively too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different conversations or questions we need to ask now than we did before, uh, right. you know, especially around boundaries. And uh, in the office, it, I mean, it, it was so much easier. You came in at nine, you left at six or whatever your hours were, and that was it. I mean, some people, of course, still didn't shut the computer off when they went home, but um, boundaries are definitely something we're all working on That's and, right. uh, and That's getting right. a lot better at for sure. Yeah. Right. So I am. Um, I don't want to take much more of your time here. I've got one more uh, last question for you. And um, I've got plenty of questions for you, actually, but that can be for another call. <laughs> but oh. um, um, if you weren't doing what you were doing, what would you be doing um, in another life? What other kind of career path would you have chosen? Or maybe there's still a direction that you're looking to go down yet, but you haven't yet uh, taken the step. Yeah, great question. So, um, you know, what's interesting is uh, I'm doing my why because <laughs> that's, that's why I quit my corporate job to start my own business to do what I want to do, uh, which has been really, really amazing. Um, but what's been really interesting is uh, in my journey in the last 19 months, we've been really, really fortunate to have some pretty cool success. Um, I've uncovered that many people out there that really want to do what I do to be able to basically quit and be able to build a thriving business that can, they can run from a laptop. And because I work with a lot of salespeople, most of them are salespeople that want to do that, or they want to eventually do that. Or maybe they are a new coach or consultant and they're struggling and they're like, how did you do these things? So I probably actually will, it's, I won't be the next, I will eventually create, on, create a solution to basically teach people how to do the same thing I, just, I do. And I think that'll be, it's going to take it to a whole new level because, um, you know, right now I love what I do because it's making a massive impact on sales professionals. But to be able to help someone transition from a corporate life into building their dream is a pretty cool thing to be able to do as well. So uh, that's something I'll probably end here as well, building something out to really systemize that to help people do the same thing that I do because I love my life and I want them to love their life too. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So they can start with the Six Figure Sales Academy and then shift over to the, the full the full coaching transition. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm going to call you. I don't know yet. I'll come up with a cool title later. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So actually, um, before we go, I just want to touch a little bit on the, the Six Figure Sales Academy and if you still have that running or how people can get involved with that if they're interested. Yeah, absolutely. So the program is still running. It's uh, We are growing like crazy <laughs> with it. So uh, it's our B2B sales coaching and training program. Uh, it's definitely not cheap, but people get crazy results as a result of it because people are earning an additional fifty dollars to $100,000 plus each year as a result of the program. So it's still running. If people are interested, in it, just head to my website, sixfiguresalesacademy.com. That's S-I-X, figuresalesacademy.com. There's free resources on there. There's free training, more information on it as well. You can find me there too, or on LinkedIn as well. Perfect. Awesome. So I'll drop the links down there for everybody, wherever this is going to be posted live and uh, also where they can connect with you on all the, all the spaces online. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks so much. Perfect. Thanks so much.